bring you greetings from Texas, the land of Bermuda grass and crepe myrtles, southern magnolia trees, the land of extreme heat, low humidity, and extremely high UV index, the land of donut shops, Tex-Mex, and Whataburger. This past Sunday, when we were on vacation in Texas, I tried my best to be spiritual but not religious, which means I told Laura, I don't want to go to church. We just found a coffee shop, a brand new coffee shop that is there in our old hometown of Forney, Texas. And as soon as they opened, Laura and I were there on Sunday morning ordering expensive coffee and breakfast, listening and relaxing to music. I saw other couples come in and sit down and order coffee and read the paper together. And all in all, it was a very pleasant experience. Laura's two sisters joined us and we had nice conversation talking about the Olympics, all the changes that our hometown of Forney was going through and we enjoyed each other very much. But I was keenly aware that if I continued to do this same routine week after week, it would be harder and harder each time for me to hear that prophetic word from Nathan. Nathan, the one from our story today, who confronted King David and told him that even though he thought that all was well, that in God's world, things were not kosher. And of course, it's not like Nathan wouldn't show up in a coffee shop on a Sunday morning. It's just that I might be less likely to listen when the word comes. And let's take that one step further. There's no guarantee that regular church attendance will guarantee that you will hear the word of God and what God is saying to you either. We all know some church folk can be as obstinate and rigid as people who never grace the inside of a church, and sometimes we are even more so. So we really have to be very careful when we start assuming that just because someone doesn't come to church, that God doesn't love them or they don't love God. And we have to be very careful on the same page that, to assume that just because we are in church on a regular basis, that we are right with God. The reality that people are religious but not spiritual does exist. In fact, it is those people whom Jesus confronted most during his ministry. So the way I begin to think about this for myself is to think about where do we find the source of our authority in our lives? And this may not work for you, and it may not be a fair diagnosis for everyone. But I have learned that if I stick with being both religious and spiritual, that part of me is saying that the authority of my life resides somewhere outside of myself. Yes, I need to find God in my own terms and have experiences with God in my own life. But I also recognize 
but in order to have a healthy spirituality, that I need to recognize that there is a source of authority outside my own brain, and that authority comes to me from outside myself and tells me when I'm off track, just like Nathan confronted David. You see, King David had surrounded himself with yes-men. Yes-men were people that would do the king's bidding and not question his authority. And as a king, he grew accustomed to seeing that his words, his feelings, his view was the only thing that mattered. That's how he justified for himself his actions with Bathsheba and her husband. So King David realized that he didn't have to be around people with whom he disagreed. And when there was any difficulty or pain, he could just make those people go away and surround himself only with supporters and fans. And the effect of this is that it made David blind. He was blind because he became to believe that through his power and his status, that he was his own center of authority. And he came to believe that if he said something, that was his reality, and that was the only reality that mattered. It's like Sophia told me in the car Friday morning when we are in Springfield, Missouri, with 400 miles yet to go to get back to Muscatine. She asked me, are we almost there? <laughs> no, we're not. Yes, we are. We're almost home. You see, when you're spiritually blind, what you want to do is surround yourself with other people who are also blind so that you don't have to hear or see the truth and the beauty of what you cannot see. And it wasn't just a concern for David. It's also a concern for us today and all of our society. So what we usually end up doing is watching only the news programs that we know we will agree with the most. We end up only reading the blogs on the internet that will reinforce our prejudices, our prejudgments. We end up hanging out with people who we like and joining clubs with people who we agree with because we deep down know how messy community really is. And we see the results, don't we? When opposing groups who disagree on any particular issue become ferocious and violent against each other, promoting Wednesday, August 1st as Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day has only served to further polarize us as a nation. It might have increased sales for Chick-fil-A on one day, but it also increased the sense of what is wrong with us and why are we so divided. And all along, no one on either side has responded with the courage that David responded when he was confronted by Nathan. I have sinned. Neither side is willing to admit 
that they have sinned. They're only talking about how I am right and what I believe is right. And Nathan can't get a word in edgewise. So we are missing the gift of correction. Somehow along the way, we're missing that wisdom that comes from Nathan who reminds us that if we don't like something, or if we don't agree with something, it says just as much about us as it says about the other. For David, it really became a tragic life, really a sword-shaped life. He used his power to break ten, three of the Ten Commandments, covet, coveting, adultery, and murder. So God sent Nathan to remind David, you are not the center of the universe. You are not your own source of authority. You are called not to leave a sword-shaped life, but you're called to lead a cross-shaped life where love of God and love of neighbor cannot be separated. And a person who acts with integrity will do things that will not only give honor and praise to the God of this world, but will also work to bring reconciliation and harmony and peace and justice in this world. We cannot separate the two. God is always sending a Nathan to be with us. And the question is, do we have the courage to hear and to receive the word of God that comes? The question is, do we have the courage to work towards healing and peace? Who is it that has been a Nathan in your life? Give thanks to God this day for that person who told you that if you keep living your life that way, it's going to work you into an early grave. Give thanks to God this day for that son or daughter who said something to you that stung because it contained the truth. Give thanks to God today for that coworker who said something in passing to you at the coffee, at the break room coffee break that convicted you. Give thanks to God for the spirit of truth that is still working in your life, usually through the people that God gives you in your life. And that spirit is still shaping you into a person of grace. Give thanks to God for the Nathans in your life. I think that is why God gave us church. Yes, church is a place to come and worship God. And yes, play, church is a place of commissioning. We, we are sent out to be the disciples of Jesus in the world every day. But church is also a school for love. It is a place where within a community of great diversity that we will learn to li live with each other, we will learn to forgive each other. We will learn what love 
truly is. God is not asking us to agree on every issue. What God is asking us to do is to be faithful in the way that we live our lives and to grow in love for each other. And the more that we grow in love for each other, then the more we can grow in love for God. The Bible is pretty clear in its estimation of David. It clearly sees David as one of the great figures of the Bible. And yet it is interesting that it is not just a one-sided picture. That David was very clearly portrayed as someone with deep faults. And aren't we all just like David? Aren't we all pretty much going to try to find, find our own source of authority within ourselves? Because we always think that our authority resides either here or here. But there is that word of God, that word from God that is a word of grace. And anytime someone can really convicts us, it is with grace. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. And God's grace is so much bigger than the walls of the church. The spirit of truth will find you in your life, whether you are sitting in a coffee shop or whether you are sitting in the pews of a church on any given Sunday. But no matter where you are, there is a voice of authority speaking to you, a voice from outside yourself that wants you to become more true to yourself. So whether you are spiritual but not religious, or religious and not spiritual, or some other combination of that, may you always listen for the word of God that convicts you. The word that comes like it did from Nathan that says, you are the man. And may you have the courage and the strength to respond as David did. Yes, I have sinned.